It's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. I'm going to start with something that Ed sent me that I don't know if he sent it for this reason, but I found I found it really funny, a little <laughs> ironic. It's a coronavirus story. And, uh, well, it is and it isn't, actually. You know how, for social distancing, they're lessening the number of people that can go into classrooms? Yes. You know how they're, you know, restaurants are 50% or 35% capacity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And airplanes... Well, they gave it up, but they were no middle seats for a while. Well, this is the top of the headlines today. Venice, Venice, Italy, famous for essentially Uber by boat, right? Uber and Lyft by boat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they call them gondolas, Mm -hmm. uh, not like the gondolas that you ride on a ski uh, lift, but the the little boats that people uh, go on. Anyway... Venice has reduced the gondola capacity. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, well, that's a, you know, that's a COVID-19 thing that's for socially distancing. But then when I read into the story, <laughs> the Venice Gondola Association, which oversees the Italian city's 433 licensed gondoliers and 180 substitutes, has decided to reduce the maximum capacity of the boats from six to five. And when I saw that, I thought, five? That's not going to allow much social distancing. But it turns out it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Is that tourists over the last 10 years or so weigh 20% more than they used to. <laughs> and they were looking... That's a sad commentary. Look, and they were looking at either having the tourists step on a scale like fish. <laughs> That's good for tourism. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, we have to throw you back. Uh, put him in the hole. And they decided to just limit it to five people so they wouldn't have to tell anybody, and yet it comes out in a press release. Excuse me, sir. Your wife, is she going to come on? You're not so much. Mm. <laughs> step off the dock, too. It's now, like Dory. Now, uh, gee, it doesn't seem that long ago that Italy was the most devastated by the coronavirus. And so when I saw the story, I was like, oh, you can go to Venice and you can eat and you can ride a gondola. Um, and it, it, it appears that most of Europe has kept the curve very flat. Yes, they have. And Canada too. And Canada? Canada has fewer people, like Vermont. Yeah. Yes. So I'm not, giving you, uh, I'm not giving you extra credit. I'm giving you the <laughs> okay. same credit okay. as we have. But yeah. And uh, so I guess that's kind of nice uh, that, you know, but they won't let us in. Mm-hmm. That's true. Can't get on a plane and go to Europe. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can, if you have, you know, connections. Clearance. Well, let's let's talk about the uber rich who have their own private planes. Yes. Are they allowed to come into Canada? Depends on how much cocaine they have in the nose cone. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be deadly honest. I like that about you. That's who I am. Bob. Yeah. Depends on, in other uh, words, who you paid off and how high is. up they are in the food chain. No, I'm right. wondering about that because I have a feeling, uh, and it's I haven't seen any stories about this, but I have a feeling that private jets fly wherever they want. So yeah. I'm going to Google that right now. Fly hmm. where ever. Used Lear. Well, they certainly aren't <laughs> allowing air freight out. We're shipping back. Oh, yeah, we're shipping stuff all over the world. Supply chains are are perfect. Uh, Here it is. Private jet business taking off amid coronavirus pandemic. Yes, I read that. Demand for commercial airline flights is in a tailspin. Oh, how hard was that to write? (laughs) That's why they get paid the big bucks, those print people. (laughs) But business is soaring for the private jet companies that fly corporate bigwigs. That's one of your favorite words, right? Big wigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does the word big wig come from colonial times when, in, in British Parliament, when the good guess. important people would put wigs on? Attention, big wigs. Mm-hmm. We're about to fall into the airport. Mm-hmm. You will notice that uh, we have a prime rib left up front. If you'd like to take the last bite before you step off onto the tarmac. Nice. And we'll have a, a Rolls Royce a Silver Streak waiting for you. Thank you. Awesome. 
And thanks for the bag of cocaine. You should ask. You should mention that. Okay. By the way, knock the booger sugar off your nostrils just in case. Somebody in here part with a dog. So this is dumb because cocaine was back in my using days. Is it still a big thing, cocaine? <laughs> I I haven't seen it. You don't? Ever. Yeah, and I haven't exhibit, and I never really get into. No, it. not that I. Not that to I. To us, know it kind of doesn't even exist. Every once in a while, you see somebody check out, and you kind of raise the eyebrows. Yeah. It still goes on in the bathrooms now and again. I have witnessed that. Yeah. But, you know. All right. The biggest private jet companies, ExoJets, NetJets, SurfAir, report they're booking eighty percent as many flights and hours in the air as they had before the pandemic struck, which is yeah. way better than commercial. And most of those flyers, many of them actually, are brand new to the private jet scene. Yeah. And you can do timeshare as well. I heard about that. Yeah, timeshare yeah. private jets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Flyers who charter a plane usually get an entire jet to themselves. They mm. can skip a crowded airport terminal and a cramped airline cabin. Uh, but let's see. Do they? What and about I can stay away from the great unwashed bar. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> they really need a longer strip in Danbury, though. Must I? Okay. They do not mention flying to other countries in this article, so that might be that might be verboten. Verboten. Why you using German language? Yeah, sorry about that. Okay, back to uh, the rest of the stories that you sent. <laughs> New Jersey store seeks home for rare orange lobster. Yes. This is another one is that I thought it was a trick story because after you boil them, they're all orange, right? They're all orange. turned out to be like weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Knocking on the glass with their rubber bands on their claws. Any word from the governor? Tick, 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 tick. But no. Employees at a stop and shop in Tom's River, New Jersey are looking for a new home for a rare lobster that's orange pre-swim uh, in the boiling water. Yes. And they noticed him in a recent shipment. A spokesman for the store said it's been in contact with Rutgers Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources about potentially taking the lobster, which is not for sale, uh, but they want to you know, put it in a zoo or something. Uh, yeah. It's not for sale until somebody comes up with a million bucks and then it's for sale. Orange lobsters on a related, yeah, on are a one related of the million. Note, Go ahead, Joe. Uh, zip. Uh, a buddy of mine, a keyboard player in one of my early bands who moved out to Block Island and he's been a lobster man for many, many years. He just posted something on Facebook the other day, a calico. Which is wow, oh, wow. just a, a, a mixture of all these different colors. I'll, oh. have to, I'll send it to you. So I'll another rare lobster. So yeah. here's, yeah. here's what I thought when I saw that story. What an odd freaking species we are. <laughs> yeah. We will um, beat up and even kill our own kind if they have a different color skin. But if we spot food... A lobster that's different color skin. We want to build a pen for it and keep it as a pet. <laughs> Are you going with we me did on the this same one? with Michael Jackson if you <laughs> think about it, Vitiligo. <laughs> it's just strange. Uh, cops are looking for a woman who tried to steal a giant TV from Walmart. I'm not sure why this is a story. She was caught on surveillance video in, uh, I'll give you a 50 guesses of what state it was, and all of them have to be Florida. <laughs> You're telegraphing them. Yeah, the so can you guess? Anyway, she was stealing uh, from a Walmart Sunday afternoon. In the video, she's trying to steal a giant 65-inch TV from the Mulberry Walmart. <laughs> Mulberry or Mayberry? <laughs> and uh, police uh, posted the video and said, uh, anyone who recognizes the woman, please contact us. As far as I know, she hasn't been caught. So caught she yet. got away with it. Well, yeah. I, by the time well, you're hearing this. She's probably been incarcerated. I think she will not have gotten away with it, but maybe. When I was a kid, we had a guy named Larry, and he was just a prolific thief. He used to walk out with a full-size canoe out of Kmart over his head. Nobody ever stopped him. Oh, oh, hold on. <laughs> I just did a refresh. She's caught. Okay. The woman was ah. caught. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Wrong story. She was caught no, on camera. Was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that story, that headline got me. Hold yeah. on. Let's see if they caught her yet. Nope. Uh, but I'm looking at the picture. Holy. 
All right, a 65-inch TV when <laughs> you put it in a box <laughs> with styrofoam and everything. Yes, it's absolutely nutty. Oh, she's a she's a 65-inch woman too. She's 65 yeah. inches wide, <laughs> and she's sitting at home watching that 65-inch screen, watching bulletins of herself on the TV. The sheriff <laughs> from video from the Walmart. Yeah, uh, it, it, the sheriffs actually seem amused by the set the theft. <laughs> They said to her, if you're reading this before watching, you're probably asking yourself, does a 65-inch TV actually fit in a shopping cart? They wrote, the illogical answer to that is no, not really. And it's sticking out the cart, but she's pushing it out anyway. <laughs> Some women dream of being big TV stars. This woman dreamed of being a big TV thief. This is the police. Wow. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They took cops and... Uh, live pd off, off the, the air, air correct yep yes they did till further notice or i would think they're gone forever i think Just they are too yeah in the woke mm. era that we're in it's yeah. sort of like um well let's put it this way when louis ck gets a new hbo special maybe they'll be back <laughs> <laughs> now bob well they'll be there back you go again they'll be back three years later because yeah they'll need another i could yeah <laughs> Uh, and I always thought that was a really odd thing to do. In fact, we're all old enough to remember a classic movie. I believe it won an Oscar. The movie was called Network. Yes. Yeah. And I'm mad as hell and I'm not, not going to take, take it, it anymore. anymore. Yes. Uh, the movie Network, if you've not seen it, is literally, it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. And prophetic so prophetic now uh let me see when this came out oh yeah it came out in 1976 yeah okay how how old is that that's we're coming up we're 44 years like, or it's coming up on its 50th anniversary yeah and in this movie how freaky is it compared to today it's about a fictional television network that is struggling with poor ratings. And they have this wacko newsman. Heck, they only had one. We've got a dozen. Yes. Who was their longtime anchor for their evening news. And he learns from a friend uh, that he has just two more weeks on the air because of declining ratings. Yeah. He pulls out all the stuff. So he's getting drunk and lamenting the state of the industry. And then he announces live on TV that he will commit suicide on next Tuesday's broadcast. <laughs> How brilliant is this? <laughs> Great plot. Well, they can't fire him. First off, the ratings go through the roof. Yeah. Well, by the they way, they didn't try to fire him. But his friend Schumacher intervenes to hope, like get him a dignified farewell. And he promises he'll apologize for the outburst. But once he's on the air, yeah. he launches into a rant. By the way, at this time, this was fiction. This is fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm glad you straightened that out. Yeah. Bob. That was worth he goes noting. into a rant. <laughs> And um, he gets people to open their windows. I'm shortening the movie, of course. Because if you haven't seen it, you should see the whole thing. He gets people to open their windows and say, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. I mean, yeah. he's Tucker Carlson before smartphones. <laughs> it, it, it's, a it's kind of a stew of Tucker Carlson, Rush, and, and Hannity. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, uh, when he discovers that the Communications Corporation of America, which is the conglomerate that owns UBS, is going to be bought out by an even larger, larger Saudi Arabian conglomerate, oh boy. he launches an on-screen tirade against Muslims and <laughs> urges viewers to pressure the White House to stop it. Did I mention this stuff was fiction way back then? Yes, yes you did. It was farcical. It could never happen. No, not a wow. chance. And by the way, they decide to uh, broadcast terrorism live, yes. which the news never would do. Uh, and um, I don't want to give away the end. 
<laughs> Come on. It's <laughs> I don't want to give away the app. Dude. It's not like you're competing <laughs> with a box office. But basically, it predicts that TV based on anger, drama, dividing people, fighting, uh, wouldn't change anything in the world for the better, but would have awesome fucking ratings. <laughs> Is that a good summary, you think? I think yeah. so. Close. Uh, what kind of awards did it win? You're asking. I heard you ask, Zip. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> what kind of awards? Did it, win? it won four Academy Awards: Best Actor, oh. Best Actress. Faye Dunaway was just oh. There's a yes, sex right. scene with Faye Dunaway. Ooh, I remember. That's still it, burned, seared into your mind. It's seared into my mind because, again, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> <laughs> 40, it's a, it was 77, Bob. I think you're safe. I know. Too soon. She gets what she wants. Let's just put it that way. And she gets yeah. it quick, and then she moves right on. Yep. Uh, yes, it won a lot, of, a lot of awards, four Academy Awards. It was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 2000 as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Uh, inducted into the Producers Guild Hall of Fame... The Writers Guild of America made it one of the greatest screenplays in the history of cinema, and it was 64th amongst the 100th greatest American films chosen by the American Film Institute in 2007. So I call it the feel-good hit of that decade, yes, the 70s. Yeah, better than staying alive, Bob. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and they knew it as soon as it came out, by the way. The critics loved it immediately. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, screenwriter, this is a name you may have heard of, Aaron Sorkin wrote Aaron that, Sorkin, ooh. No predictor of the future, not even yeah. Orwell, has ever been as right yeah. as Chayefsky was when he wrote Network. Though Sorkin wow. didn't write it, he was complimenting Chayefsky. Ah, I see, okay. Uh, and I believe, I think that's, a, that's correct. There's yeah. a guy I don't want to work for, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, <sighs> is he tough? Oh, he writes simultaneous dialogue, and you can't skip a syllable. I mean, it has to be exactly as he wrote it. Wow. And how do you know this? Uh, Jeff Daniels is a Michigan actor, and he's uh, worked with him, and I know a few other people that have kind of uh, brushed oh. elbows with okay. him. Okay, yeah. You're in the trades. Mm. You know, you know people. <laughs> <laughs> you've I done television. Now, you've done, um, you've done so much voice work. Have you uh, ever... Uh, voice track like an animated film you ever get a character oh, yeah. like that yeah yeah i had um i did the opposite ron perlman ron perlman played god and it was called the littlest angel in 2010 i did four or five characters oh. in that you get four or five different checks made out to different character names no and the animation contract is is different i think it was just 800 dollars for half a day and oh, i did two days day. on it's it. buy yeah. no yeah. no that's i still get residuals for that oh you still i you know that yeah. and um um, Whip It, which I did with Drew Barrymore, nice. and The Double with Richard Gere. And when you Grace say you did it with Drew Barrymore, Richard. could you elaborate? No, 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 I was in it. She was my director, Bob. It was her directorial debut. I didn't steal her virginity. This is my mind, not yours. I'm running my own film in here. Talk about Bob. Yeah. So she was the director. She, in other words, talked you through it. Oh, yeah. That must yeah, yeah. have been fun. It was. She was very sweet. And uh, there was a gathering at the end of the, uh, the shoot day. Uh, uh, second shoot day, I was like, uh, yeah, can you guys meet in the lobby down in the, the, the yacht club? So we went down there. It doubled for a place in Texas, and it was just so she could hug everyone goodbye. Ah. That was oh, very okay. yeah. You know, I, I never met Drew Barrymore or got to interview her, mm -hmm. but uh, was on so long in Seattle that there was a time when she used to visit Seattle, and she was 14. Oh, yeah. And she used to go hang out at Moe's, which was a bar. Mm -hmm. She's a 12-year-old, 12, 12 or 13-year-old alcoholic. Yeah, she was a 14-year-old alcoholic at the time because the bartender yeah. was like, I feel bad serving her, but she's strawberry more. Gotta give her a drink. <laughs> <laughs> you get home safely, honey. Yeah. Here, one for the road. Love your movies. <laughs> so uh, Go home. Home. Go home. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, moving on. Um, U.S. Marshals say the Fugitive of the Week. I didn't know they had that. <laughs> uh, but they have a Fugitive of the Week every week. Wow. Was found in the same state as Ghislaine Maxwell. 
New Hampshire, sleeping on a porch. <laughs> you know, Andy, that guy's sleeping on the porch. You're listening to me. Now, Barn, you're imagining things. You know you are. <laughs> that looks like her. I swear. I'm telling you, Andy, it's her. Or him or whoever. That's a great, that's a great sketch, by the way. Andy and um, Barney catching Ghislaine Maxwell. Like yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to get a drone off the ground. <laughs> Give me the you got vertical, and then you take the joystick and you push it forwards. Not that tough. <laughs> now, Barney, I don't know how to use this thing. It looked looked to me like a video game controller. <laughs> Oh, come on. Just give it a minute, will you? <laughs> hey, I told you. Awesome. Anyway, if this was oh, not Ghislaine, but John Cathcart, 55, was sought on multiple arrest warrants issued from uh, Belknap County. Uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Jeffrey White was after him. The warrants included failing to what failing to appear felon in possession of a firearm three outstanding narcotics charges yada yada uh, officials say uh, interviews led them to this porch in laconia <laughs> where he was sleeping reclined in a laconic position yeah. yeah you know where laconia is have you ever been there no so it's new hampshire's version uh, correct me on this if I'm Coney wrong. Coney Island. Well, yes. it's New Hampshire's, I was going to actually say, of uh, Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, because that place where Ozark takes place and all the money laundering happens. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah okay. And you have all these dying old businesses that look like they should go out of business and somehow they miraculously stay in business. More important, it it's got the annual bike thing, Laconia Bike Week. Yes. Giant. It ain't Lake Sunapee, I'll tell you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know Lake Sunapee. Of course I do. Yeah. That's near us. I love that lake. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. I like to take a wood boat. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Showing off with your wood boat again. I like fiberglass, baby. Yeah. Goes faster. Lighter. <laughs> yeah. A little George Bush creeping. Yeah. yeah. I love I love it when you totally loosen up because it's, it's like a, um, a potpourri yeah. of impressions. Uh, schools are dealing with Corona. Schools plan to open up in the fall. And, and by the way, I'm noticing something. I'm noticing that on the East Coast, they're way more likely to find a hybrid way to open. And on the West Coast, they're way more likely to go, nah, screw it. We're just going to do yeah. remote learning. Are you seeing that too? <laughs> I hadn't noticed it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I know my sister is in the Connecticut school system. And I know I've read about Boston and I saw a thing on the news tonight about how they're going to do an A, a B and a C day. And the A days are Monday and Tuesday where half the students go in for two days, socially distant. C is everyone from home. That's Wednesday. And then uh, the B days are Thursday and Friday where the other half of the students get their live in-person teaching wow that way and then there's yeah. the athletes who don't have to show at all that's, of course well that's always been the case <laughs> that's that's a whole lot of curricula going down there well it's tough for the teachers in a yeah. way although oh, they're they're teaching I, I mean you can't fool me into thinking it's going to be as good of an education no but it is a way to cut the size of classes in half they're going to have to teach the kids about masks, which I actually think is good because, you know, we're headed for a totalitarian government. Might as well train them now. <laughs> <laughs> On the board, Bob. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, so they're trying to do in person. But California, where my uh, son is, they've already announced all virtual. Seattle's already announced all virtual. Mm -hmm. yeah, they've done this. They don't want to mess with it. And things do tend to begin out there. Then, and then yeah. kind of worked their way east. Oh, yeah. yeah. I watched as the latte virus worked its way east back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Is like that what happened? <laughs> a, cup of a bottomless cup of coffee used to be yeah. a dollar. Yeah. And now you need a copay. <laughs> He's exaggerating only slightly. But yeah. Thank you for that now, very that generous guffaw on that zip. I no, but that. I, it reminds me. Yeah. What's that? No, the subscription thing. Wasn't it Panera or some of, one of those places? Like a monthly, you pay a flat fee and drink all the coffee. Or they do limit it, but you get a couple of coffees a, a day for a subscription. Well, yeah. I, I don't know about that one. I, I do know that there was a diner here that does, you know, dollar 
and they keep filling it. And I went to the Miss Worcester Diner, and same thing. They'll just keep bringing you coffee. Well, also, McDonald's upped their game uh, mm. on coffee because the stuff they started with was terrible. You know, you would, oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. It was, was dreck. It, it was just undrinkable. But it's then, actually good now. Yeah, it's really good. And any size is a dollar. A buck, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, they should do the same thing with drugs, basically. <laughs> well, That's the European model, right? Well, you know, um, when it was difficult to purchase and expensive and you could run out, you'd always want to hoard it. Yeah. But if, you know, your cocaine dealer was like, yeah, it's a bowl in there. Take as much as you want. <laughs> I'd be like, well, what do I feel like tonight? I'm, I think I'm only going to blow myself out for three days. So that'll yeah. be enough. <laughs> Bob, you would have come out with a clown face. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. Oh, okay. yeah. It's time for that spot in the podcast where we play Ed's Cool Bits of the Week with the Universal Comedy Network, whom he is the primary voice actor for. And uh, they're an incredible organization. Good people, by the way. And they're yes. building a podcast network. So hold on. <laughs> He's doing it again, yeah. Zip. <laughs> uh, oh so, uh, what's this first one? Actually, I don't have a cue list. Hang on. You do. Oh, here we go. Uh, schools deal with Corona. SNL back in the studio. Dr. Fauci's first pitch. And baseball sound effects. Okay, here's Dr. Fauci's first pitch. And this was the Washington Nationals game, which by the time you hear this, would have been last night. And now, before he throws the ceremonial first pitch of the 2020 baseball season, a few words from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Hello, everyone. Wait, there are no fans here. That's terrific. To all of you watching at home, stay there. And if you're watching from a sports bar, shame on you. Okay, now, I'm going to throw this baseball to the catcher. It's my favorite position because he's the only one smart enough to wear a face mask. By the way, if I throw it in the dirt, your most important piece of PPE will be your cup. Now, when I throw it, whatever you do, don't drop the ball like Trump did. Ready? Wait, one more thing. I'm not throwing a spitball here. That's Purell. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Steer it! Have a great game, guys. But be safe. No spitting, no licking your fingers, and only adjust your own cup. Play ball! Right. <laughs> uh, you obviously did that before he threw that wide pitch that missed by six feet. Yes. Nah. Cute. Here's how it would have sounded like. A preview, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here's schools dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, many plan to open up back in fall. Here's how they think they'll deal with it. Mr. Principal, we have 30 new cases of COVID-19 among the students. Ah, they'll be fine. They're kids. Mr. Principal, <coughs> more teachers are experiencing shortness of breath. Ah, that's a risk you take with the job. Mr. Principal, somebody brought in... Peanut butter! What? Attention, attention, everyone evacuate the school. This is a nut-free zone. In this state of emergency, please wear a mask and stay six feet away from everyone. Anyone could have a PB&J sandwich. Wow. That's a great bit. It's not political. It's awesome. Yeah. Neutral. All right. Beautiful. Uh, please pass along. Our gratitude, unless we're not supposed to be playing these. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, SNL is back in the studio. Sick from New York, it's Saturday night. That's right, we're back with hand sanitizer, a bottle of bleach, bread we learned how to bake in March, and Kenan Thompson. Featuring musical guest, Red Hot, Chills and Temperature. And your host, because he already had it, Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank really you, Lorne. Are they really going really to do Tom Hanks? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, because that would be really smart. <laughs> that would be. That's, and he could have, you know, be, be serious for a few minutes and then just sure. totally screw it up. Yeah. Well, he already hosted one of the at-home versions. Actually, yes. the first one he hosted, right? At home. Oh. SNL. So I didn't see it. 
All right. I don't really watch. So the way I see these shows on TV now, even the late night shows, yeah. is I'm okay. just on YouTube, mm -hmm. and YouTube knows that I like late night TV monologues. So they feed them to you. Yeah, so I just watch, you know, any, any of them. Suggested for Bob. Randomly. All right, last bit. This is Major League Baseball. And yes, they aren't going to have fans, but they're going to use sound effects. Here's what it'll sound like. It's a beautiful day for a ball game. The stands may be empty, but with our virtual in-game sound effects, you'll never know the difference. Johnson Wines and the pitch. <laughs> Smith laced the ball down the line. The crowd is going wild. <laughs> <laughs> He's racing past second and on his way to third. The right fielder fires the ball in, and it's a bomb. Smith slides, and he's safe. Uh-oh, looks like the third baseman, Davis, is not happy with the call. He and the umpire are really getting into it. Let's listen. <laughs> and the ump just threw Adams out of the game. <laughs> looks like it's time for a commercial. We'll be back. That's really awesome. Those guys are so good. Aren't they, though? Yeah. When we went to New York just before the coronavirus, I believe, was it was it last December when we were there? I thought it was... Or maybe it was November. It was an AES convention. It was a, a audio gear. Right. You were in New York. I don't remember why you were there. I went to uh, have a talk with my boss. Oh, you were there to see the Universal Comedy Network, and I was there for this convention. Right. And you gave me a tour... And um, they were wonderful. They uh, they have got these great, uh, you know, they're adults, but I call them kids. Uh, young, yeah, hip young uh, cats. Hip young writers, millennial Fine young writers. young cannibals. Yeah, it's really, really crazy. <laughs> awesome stuff. So uh, A lot of stand-up guys that kind of freelance. Yeah. And yeah. little did I know that that would be kind of it for New York for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. How, how, who would have who known then? Oh. And I don't even know. I mean, now I'm sure it's open. I'm sure I could go back, but I wouldn't. Right. And shortly after that, I was in California, and I, I fell ill with the flu. Uh. And that was weird. Because, and then the, the guy I went to visit, my buddy Gino, fell ill days later. And he was down for almost a week. So we don't know what... I mean, everybody says that if they were sick around that era, but we really don't know what we had. Are you one of those people who thinks, oh, I might have had it and didn't uh, know? <laughs> You know, it, the possibility is always, you know, front of mind. It just right. is there. There's no way to forensically mm -hmm. figure it out unless I go for a test, I guess. And e by the way, even if you go for a test, you have two choices. You mm -hmm. can get a coronavirus test, which, you know, if you had it months ago, you wouldn't have it. Right. Or you can get an antibody test. And there's problems with those tests. Some of them are unreliable. Right. And the ones that. that are more reliable, go figure, tend to cost more. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually getting a test in a week and a half, right. and it's a couple hundred bucks, but mm -hmm. it's a 93% reliable antibody test. And I figure I might as well know, uh, because after I went to Worcester for the closing down of WAAF mm -hmm. and for the Worcester Auto Show, was it the Auto Show or the Home Show? Was home, show. home Show. Home Show. I mean, so I had just had a nasty. That cold was March for a couple of weeks. Seventh, and Zip hmm. had had a nasty thing, and I joked that he had the coronavirus. And then uh, I came home, and I had like all during the worst fear mongering phase. Mm -hmm. I had the beginnings of a sore throat, hmm. and just enough to cough a little bit. That's one of the signs, uh, but not. It never got bad. Just a dry cough. It was it was a tickle in the throat. It really wasn't bad. In other words, I kept, but it made me paranoid because I thought, if this gets worse, I'll be on a ventilator in a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that time. Oh, at that yeah. time you had ugly. You had uh, Cuomo, uh, Cuomo on the air going, we mm. need six million ventilators. We need <laughs> ships to pull in. And, you know, they were talking about building hospitals because they were going by that first scaremonger a projection that that said that uh, up to 2.2 million people could die in the U.S. Yeah, that projection was based on very early numbers that suggested yes. that the mortality rate was higher right. because they didn't know about asymptomatic cases, and it was also based on if we did nothing, which means it was never a real number. It was a number designed to scare politicians into taking action. 
Right. And then very quickly after that, the real numbers came out. And you may remember Dr. Fauci and uh, President in you know when his earlier uh, news conferences said it could be anywhere between you know a hundred and something and two hundred thousand people dying. Right. And when they announced that, it was like that's horrific. But conservative, if they only die eight or nine hundred at a time. <laughs> we don't have the attention span. No. Something shiny. Oh, look. We're going to hit 200,000 dead by, oh, I don't know. I, I think they said November 1st, the most recent uh, prediction I heard. And that's that's kind of, that's a crazy number yeah. because the flu in its worst year, you know, does one third of that or whatever in the worst flus of all time. But that's that would be less than a year. That would be wow. in like eight, nine months. So, you know, and over the course of a couple of years, could it still kill three, four hundred thousand more people, whatever? Depends on science. Well, mm. and, and there's a couple of things that are going on. I do obsessively compulsively read. I know you do. About this stuff. And uh, several things are happening at once. One is that we're getting better at treatments. They're finding things they were doing that don't help that much. Yeah. Knowledge is power. We know. Like yeah. a ventilator is actually not always needed. Mm -hmm. uh, they're also finding uh, other medications that seem to help. And uh, also because of this massive testing, by catching the cases much earlier, earlier. Mm -hmm. we have less uh, to worry about. So, yeah. And, you know, once China steals our intel on the, on the, uh, on the, on the vaccine and then really makes it work, then... We'll buy it from China. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For half the price of what we would have charged in America. Exactly. <laughs> That's the hope, anyway. I'm laughing on the outside. Yeah, I'm yeah, crying yeah. on the inside. I know. Uh, so, uh, anyway, all right. Uh, before we head out, would you like to speak to my son, Andrew? Absolutely. All right. Well, Andrew Rivers, the comedian, is standing by. First, we'll play this twisted tune. inside it's got me wheezing in my lungs stay inside no high fives no high fives yeah you got that something so keep your distance man and please do the smart thing you gotta wash your hands He's one of the uh, largest uh, comedians now in the Pacific Northwest, and we're going to give him the same kind of treatment that Major League Baseball is giving their empty stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> Let's welcome Andrew Rivers. Hello. Thank you. That's pretty. Trump should use that stuff for his next rally. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew, and we'll call this Ask a Millennial because we're old. So... Uh, let's catch up with you, Andrew. It's been a while, a couple weeks. Um, yeah, well, lots has uh, happened. This is the only podcast that I have to remind you to invite me on. Um, I feel bad for having to constantly remind you that you asked me to be on your podcast. And so, uh, well, you know. uh, all right. Everybody knows that I don't remember anything. 
I know. That's why. That's what I have to tell myself to email you to be like, yeah. Hey, uh, remember, I'm supposed son, to be on way. your podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, you, you, uh, look, you have a standing invitation every other week. I, I know on this podcast, and then every other week on Bob Spike and Joe. And I know I um, don't have a producer anymore. I know. Yeah. All those years, Eric would have called you and said. You're all set for 9.30, right. Andrew. I call it at 9.15 and or come in, right? And now You need some ginkgo biloba yes. to uh, improve the memory. Some hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, you remember Eric Gorman. So anyway, but my son, uh, you know, it's you're continuing the fine tradition of not appreciating appreciate anything it. I do for you. It's never good enough. I'll appreciate it. No problem. Ouch. <laughs> I'm... I'm reminding you to make your show better. That's oh, all I'm trying to do. Oh, <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. That's what I want. As I get old, I I'm unemployed, be, man. I want to is... be lectured. <laughs> Every comic's unemployed. This is, but, this by is the way, all I live for. You're I've got going to have going to, on. You're going to have to elbow out your mother, though, if you want to be my chief critic. It's going to be take a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's new? What's new with you? Uh, Seattle has gone back into almost lockdown, right? Yeah, well, comedy clubs are shut down until phase four. Uh, so I know it's early, but I want to promote my upcoming gig here. I'm headlining Tacoma Comedy Club October 2030. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be great. But um, on the upside, I think this will make me sound way more interesting on dates. You know, if the girl is like, what do you do for work? I'm like, well, we really shouldn't talk about it. It's kind of illegal. Uh, very dangerous. <laughs> You know, so, so mysterious, you know, it's a tough uh, situation because, uh, you know, obviously we can't be having people close together. Uh, but um, if clubs, you know, the socially distant thing was great, but if clubs can't fill their venue, then they can't pay performers a natural rate. Right. And so now you have to rely on like merchandise sales even more, which is tough because that's the most at risk part of the show Oh, is right. when you're hand to hand selling t-shirts. And so, uh, like my shows, I was going to get like a t-shirt cannon. They use at basketball games <laughs> sure. just from stage. Everyone raises their hand, but you know, it's a seven day waiting period and a background check. So, uh, for the cannon. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, for the t-shirt the gun. There you go. Thank you. That's all right. I'm sure that But, uh, you know, I got hired to do an outdoor show, which is uh, still kind of illegal. Sup, ladies? But uh, I'm a bad boy. Um, yeah. My friend Jeremy um, hooked me up with a outdoor show. And uh, he's a part-time comedian and a part... He owns a vitamin store also, which I thought was funny because that's how I can tell... I'm, you know, the difference in friends I had when I was in my 20s, I had friends that would hook me up with cool sneakers, and now I know a vitamin guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, what a juxtaposition there. Yeah, I used yeah. to party all night, now I'm like, I can't leave the house, I had too much dairy. Um, but for private gigs, yeah, exactly, <laughs> throw my back. Um, yeah, private gigs are generally usually pretty bad because it's like a company Christmas party and like right. half the people don't even know that there's like I did a show for asphalt pavers of Oregon you know which no you, kidding it's my demographic you think of the easy <laughs> crowd you know these these guys watch pavement dry but uh, <laughs> you know everybody's drunk and there's no bouncer to be like I'm gonna kick you nope. out you know nope. it's hard to insult the heckler when he's the CEO <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, yeah, You're the asphalt snake. pavers. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, man. And I are, do are get. There, uh, are there asphalt jokes that you that you would write for that occasion? Or yeah, blacktop. Uh, you just. Uh, <laughs> well, I think if you get a heckler, you're supposed to steamroll over them. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> we're we're like, professional yeah. groaners. We're having yeah. fun. Yeah. They are riffing. It's good. It's like bonus. Oh man. Um, but this was actually someone's 40th birthday party, which if you want to have a great birthday party, you should invite a comedian because after I'm done complaining about my life, you'll feel so much better about yourself, you know? <laughs> Good point. Especially because you know what you're paying me. Um, <laughs> well, all of his jokes are true. Um, but... 
there was a caveat with, uh, with the show. It was the first time I've had to perform with a mask on, mm. which was oh, interesting. Wow. And I was I was nervous about that because sometimes if you tell like a mean joke, a smile can change the <laughs> oh, yeah, audience's yeah. perception, or yeah. you know, facial expressions can really add to the show. I have very sophisticated humor is what I was trying to say. But sure. But I thought the show went better than normal. Like and I think it's because they couldn't see my face. They didn't have to wonder like what the weird mole is or why my teeth are so yellow. They're just going, this guy's got excellent writing and jokes. Mm. So uh pro mask. Yeah pro oh the mask actually works for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's pretty good. And I think most people are going to wear masks now that Trump came out and uh, and said that that's cool. Um, usually he just stays six feet away from any responsibility. So this was a good change. He's, uh, awesome. he's been practicing good. socialist distancing. You see. Socialist. Um, <laughs> I'm a professional. Yeah, but, not uh, fair. <laughs> but I was curious because I, you guys talked about this actually on your last podcast. I've been hiking my ass off lately, and I have seen like almost everybody wearing a mask now, even on the trail, uh, even on the hikes outdoors. And I feel wow. uh, like mask shamed. No one said anything, <laughs> but it's just it's such a small move to list, lift your face mask when you see like you make eye contact with someone and then you put a mask on like it's a small devastating it's like crossing the street when they see you on the sidewalk you know does that make sense no i get it i get it okay i, I had the same uh, and you're being serious i had the same feeling i was on a hiking trail and there's been an evolution at first nobody on the hiking trails had masks and then gradually you would occasionally and i would say oh the poor old people and then i'd realize Oh, they're younger than I am, so I shouldn't feel sorry for them for being old. <laughs> and uh, and the last hike I was on, I saw people, and as they were 100 yards away, they would see I was on the trail, and they would put a mask on. And I thought, oh, that's what I well, should be doing. Well, they know. Yeah, you're no, at, actually, you're I always feel risk. insecure. That's what I should be doing. And yeah. I, so now when I go out, I bring a mask with me. The last time your mother and I went for a walk, and there was no one on the trail. So, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, we're out, we're in Vermont, you know? Yeah. I mean, so there's so little coronavirus here that people are practicing for it the way you would practice for an alien invasion. Like I should probably know how to do this just in case. <laughs> how do you practice for an alien invasion? I'm curious um, about. Well, learn some Klingon. Do you have like a yeah. silicon based lube or yeah. like a water? <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, it's, I, I, a better thing would be, remember when we were kids, Zip, and they would make us get under our desks for a nuclear explosion? Oh, the explosion. bombing oh, test. Yeah. 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 Stuff like and that. And cover. Yeah. And they, they would have yeah, yeah, fallout the, shelters. The, yeah. Yeah, the small Don't desk the is going to protect you. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. I always thought the whole stand in a doorway during a tornado just made you a better target for the... Projectile. Well, I think uh, <laughs> I think you got your instructions mixed up. Tornado, you want to go to a basement. Earthquake is the doorway. Oh, see, that's my problem. I so, need a yeah, producer if you, even if you stand for a, in a, a door. Emergency. <laughs> you, your wife is the producer of your life, so hopefully she knows. Yeah, she ain't gonna remember ah, anything. Funny. <laughs> Whatever happens, she's gonna be busy blaming me while the whole house ah. gets tossed around like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, well, well, yeah, I'm going to get a mask because um, I feel like it's easier than just shouting at every person that walks by sure. me like, hey, I've read some articles. You probably can't get it <laughs> just from walking by me. You know, like, hey, I've been tested recently and I rarely participate in risky behavior. Where is everybody going? I've got a leash for my droplets. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, I think I'll, I'll just get a mask for hiking or something. But because yeah, um, taking those doggy yeah. doo doo bags and strapping them to your face is not a good look. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll keep people away from you for sure. That's true. <laughs> Andrew Rivers, absolutely. You know him. Oh, all right. You know we've heard him on the show before. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> thank you. You're you're good. I'm great. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh, Things are good. I'm, um, I'm settled in. I don't have any big tour plans. Although mom keeps sending me her weekly travel uh, deals. She so, does. Um, That's funny. 
Um, I, I hear Florida is great this time of year. Uh, you know, she's it's almost hurricane you season, so COVID now we're going to have invitations. Is she because Corona that, infested Sharknados? You know, yeah. uh, you take care of yourself, my son. And uh, all right, Zip and Ed, good talking with you. We'll you uh, send it. it home with a song for Seattle, where Andrew still is. This is the most caffeine you've ever seen. We cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip.